Hi, and welcome to Creative Conversations for the Soul, the podcast that speaks to inspiring individuals and curious minds, lifting the lid on what it means to embrace true, wholehearted creativity. I'm Amber, and I'm your host. I'm a copywriter, writing mentor, and content strategist at The Wild Wordsmith, creating soulful stories for free-spirited brands. Today, I'm speaking to a woman who I think is an absolute marvel. Her name is Lydia Reeves, and she's a female bodycast artist on a mission to help women celebrate their incredible bodies and to help eradicate any shame, embarrassment, or negative thoughts that they may have encountered throughout their lives. This is a really beautiful conversation and it meant a lot to me. I really hope that you like it. It's pretty special. Hello, Lydia. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so, so excited to talk to you. Yay. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. To get started, I always like to talk to the guest about the creative project or just thing that they're working on this week. So whether it's a big thing, a small thing, even if it's just a creative mindset. So I'd really love to know what your creative thing is. Yeah, well, it is a Friday as we're recording. So, but um, (laughs) next week is my big week, which I've been excited about for so long is I'm actually getting back into casting after all this time. So Next week, I am just so excited to be busy with having people coming into my studio, meeting people, casting people, getting back to what I do. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I bet you're just so excited. How long has it been since you've been able to do any of your casting now? It was beginning of November, they announced the lockdown and I was about to go on tour. So that got cancelled. I was going on tour around the UK for a month. I think I was able to cast for two weeks in December and then I haven't been able to cast since. So I haven't been able to cast since October. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. But so exciting. And personally, I'm super excited because I'll be getting a cast done with you in a couple of weeks. So by the time this airs, I'll have actually had the cast done. So super buzzing about that. Yes. Can't wait. Definitely. Um, Yeah. My creative thing this week is actually kind of the same creative thing I have every week. It's trying to stick to my word count for the book that I'm writing, but it's just kind of failing miserably at the moment. I think that busyness and tiredness and feeling a bit groggy, I'm nowhere near where I want to be and just being far too hard on myself about it. Mm. Whereas I should just think, even if I can get a sentence done every day, at least it's something that's working towards the project. But yeah, I need to work on that mindset a little bit. I feel like sometimes when we push ourselves too hard, it's actually counterproductive. And if we just let ourselves have a day or a week or an hour to just completely remove ourselves from you know, our creative space, it's actually, that can be even more productive in the long run. Oh, I think you're so right. Absolutely. Even if, you know, if I, because I have sort of certain times in the day that I try and do fiction writing and sometimes it just doesn't, it just doesn't come to me. If I sit there and try and force it, I just get annoyed and nothing comes out. Whereas if I go for a walk or just even just have like a little kitchen disco party or something, it just (laughs) kind of shakes up the creativity a little bit and normally I can come back to it after that and write something but yeah you're right it's really important to just 
remove yourself from the situation sometimes and give yourself that space to just think and let the creativity come to you. Exactly. To feel inspired. Absolutely. So the title of this episode is Uncovering the Purpose Behind Your Creativity and Art, something which I believe is huge for you. Purpose is absolutely everything that you do. So I would really love to find out a little bit more about your personal journey into body casting and how you found your purpose. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely been a journey in terms of like, I never had these like huge plans initially. But I mean, personally, I think that's the best way to get into something as you feel your way and find out what works for you. It's definitely, definitely all stemmed from my own experience with my own body growing up. I had an extremely warped view of my own body when I was a teenager. And I don't think it was helped by, at the time, you know, you'd get like those magazines where they would just like shame celebrities for having a bit of cellulite when they were coming up the sea or whatever it was. I just took all of that on board. And I was like, well, if they're, they're saying it's embarrassing to have that, like, well, I have that too. So it's obviously embarrassing or like shameful for, for me. I don't know. I think some people were quite good at just being like, oh, we'll ignore that. Whereas I just took it all on as a young teenager and um, just loathed every aspect of my body. And my vulva particularly was like the one area which got the most hate from me. And yeah, I went on a bit of a big journey with that, booked into labiaplasty, had that all booked in, ready to go and ended up not getting it. But that was like, as soon as I turned 18, I was phoning up surgeons and getting all of that booked in. And I really, really, truly believed that after I had that surgery, I wouldn't have any of these problems anymore. I wouldn't have any of these thoughts anymore. I wouldn't, I'd just have this like perfect vulva and a perfect life and I'd have a perfect boyfriend and a perfect house and everything would just fall into place. But now, 11 years on, I am so aware that it's your mental attitude that has to change and not your body. And even if I had had the surgery done, I know that I wouldn't have, my mindset would not have changed. I would have found something else that I wanted to alter because that's just how I was. But to cut a long story short, this is how I've got into doing what I do because I've just, I don't think I can explain properly to anyone how it felt going through all of that as a young girl. And I'm sure there's plenty of other people also can be like, yes, because I I know because I've been through it too. I've got to a point where I'm like, I'm healing a lot in my own self with my own body image and who I am as a person and all of that. And I want to be able to provide that healing for lots of other people who may still be on that path of like self-hate or not liking what they see in the mirror, or they might be well on their way in their journey of self-acceptance. And this is just another thing to add to it. But I wanted to provide people with the facility to celebrate their bodies a bit more because I think we're in a world where we're so easily shamed for our bodies and we don't get much of a chance to actually celebrate them. So that's kind of how my work came about. I just think that that's incredible. And I'm not sure if I mentioned it to you when we first started talking, but actually the reason I found you was I have a friend who 
had a cast done with you and she had uh, a few years ago had breast implants and I've always had a really bad relationship with my breasts and I just hate them basically have always hated them I've always thought that they're too small that I look like a boy like as in these are things that came from my childhood from what horrible kids would say to me in the playground and all that loveliness and I was talking to her about how she felt since she'd had her implants and similar to what you've kind of said about how you you thought that if you'd have gone ahead with your surgery, everything would have just fallen into place. And she said that while she doesn't regret having her surgery, it didn't really change any of those thoughts that she'd been having. And she recommended that I come to you and I get a cast done before I made any decisions because she believes that if she'd have had a cast done before she'd had her implants, she may not have done it. She may have had a, you know, she may have reconnected with herself and her body and loved it enough to not think that she needed to change it so that was and is the reason that I'm so excited to get my cast done with you that's amazing yeah and she you know she just was completely full of just admiration and praise for you and just how basically it really changed her life and changed her I know that sounds like oh it changed her life but it really did and her relationship with her body what that it's just so important that we can work on that and you know I even think of before I started following you, I never really thought about my relationship with my vulva and how I saw it. But I remember being a kid and thinking I had something wrong with me because of the shape of it. And like I genuinely thought that there was something wrong with me and I'd be trying to sort of tuck it in and just, you know, do it's just, and I just think, oh my goodness, that poor girl. And those thoughts even though I try and fight them are definitely still prevalent and I'm certain that there are so many other people that feel this way as well 100% I always think like when you're especially when you're young and everything's just so embarrassing and you don't want to talk about anything you think well I definitely thought I was the only person ever that had a vulva like mine or that that felt this way or anything And now, obviously, I've got this amazing, amazing community online and on Instagram. And when I do these um, polls and stuff and I ask people, like, how you feel about certain things, I'm like, there's thousands and thousands of people that think the same way as that I thought when I was younger. And I always just think, if only we had just spoken up when we were young and talked to our friends and talked to other people, just brought it up in conversation and like, where are all these people? Like, I wish we could have just all just got together and been like, oh my God, I feel like that too. Because the years and years and years that you end up spending thinking that you're really isolated in your own thoughts and how your body looks and thinking that everyone else must look like this and that's amazing and I don't look like that so no one's going to love me and all this, all this stuff that goes through your mind. I just think, God, actually, there's so, 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 so many people that thought the same. And it's absolutely it wasn't just me and it wasn't just you. And yeah, I just I'm grateful that I have this community now. I'm like, oh, I just wish I had it 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I wanted to mention your polls, actually, because I love it when you do those polls and just seeing the, you know, obviously with like the percentages and everything, mm-hmm. seeing how many other people answer the same as me. And 
the questions that you ask are questions I've never really thought of before. They're just things I've taken for granted. I mean, can you, it'd be great to, if you have any that you've done recently, any sort of questions that you put out on the polls that you could share, because yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know you did some a couple of days ago. And Yeah, I did one yesterday, actually. Um, oh, yeah. It's quite nice now because I, at the end of all my polls, I put in a little question box and I'm like, what questions would you like to ask? So it's actually putting out people from the community's questions, which I think is quite nice. And also sometimes it's questions that I've never thought of either. So, but one that always, I got so many messages about it yesterday, actually, is do you have hair around your bum hole? And that's like... Oh, yeah, I remember that one, yeah. (laughs) And I think it was like 96% of people said, yes, they do, which I think I had about 8,000 people answer that poll. So that's like 7,000 and whatever, I can't do that much. (laughs) People, and I got so many messages from people like being like mind blown, like, oh my God, I thought I was the only person. Someone messaged me being like, I thought I was an ogre for years and like all of this stuff. And I'm like, literally... Everyone has it, but no one talks about it. And it's just that those kind of questions, which is just so good to get out in the open. And it's like, it's all anonymous and everything. So people feel like they can be honest. And I'm grateful that my Instagram kind of promotes just trying to be as honest as possible as well and be open. So I think, yeah, it's great. I love doing the polls as well because I'm like, I find it so fascinating myself as well to see, because sometimes I'm, I'm still like, Oh, I thought that was just just me. I did one yesterday as well about whether you sometimes struggle to get wet, even if you're aroused. Mm. And for ages, I thought that was just me. And like 70% of people agreed. There was like thousands of people that said yes. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. So it puts my mind at ease as well as everyone else's. So I, I love doing it. Yeah, definitely. And actually that leads me on to something that I wanted to talk to you about is these external situations and pressures that lead to our sort of negative body images and exactly what we're talking about at the moment how we can feel so alone in Mm. what we think you know what our body's experiencing and why do you think that is I mean I know that I personally think that things that porn has a massive thing part to do with it I think that that is enormously responsible for us thinking that our bodies should look and behave in a certain way but I'd love to hear what you think leads to this yeah I think that there's not one certain thing to blame like I think that there's quite a few aspects which play into it porn definitely being one uh, I'll come back to that in a second but also um is education and just the fact that because it's it's the same like if um if we were educated around porn if we were told that you know, they're actors, they're, a lot of them have had surgery, they are picked because of their bodies. This isn't an accurate representation of what all women and men look like. And if if we were educated about that, porn wouldn't be such an issue. If we were educated around vulva diversity or the fact that some people's, everyone's, <laughs> what I said, some people's, everyone's boobs are different, everyone's nipples are different sizes, everyone's nipples are different colours, it's okay that one boob's going to be bigger than the other. It's like, if we had education around that, we wouldn't grow up feeling like I'm the only person in the whole world. So I think it's like lack of education, porn, that then we are not educated about. And I don't know why all of this seems to still be such a taboo topic to talk about. Everyone's embarrassed by it. And no one, when you're young, like you don't talk about that kind of thing with your friends. I guess because you think you're the only one, 
So you don't want to talk to your friend because you're like, well, this is embarrassing because they clearly don't have these thoughts. It's just me. But actually, if we all just spoke about it, we're not like encouraged to have those kind of conversations. And then then you watch porn and you think, oh my God, well, of course I don't want to talk about it because I've just seen all of their vulvas and boobs and stomachs and how they have sex. And that is just not what I look like. And and then you're like, and no one's teaching me about any of it. So clearly it's not something we speak about. And all of those things, I think, then just lead you to this space of just being like, shut it all down, bury it, don't speak about it. And it creates this huge, like if you do that for years and years and years and years, it's then when you're an adult, you logically then you know that everyone is different. But then you've got all those years of unpicking all of those negative thoughts. And it always takes longer to unpick something than it does to learn something. So I think there's a lot of factors. I think porn education and um, just like discussion and actually talking about having open conversations, which is what I try to do as much as possible on my Instagram, because I just think still, even at this age, late 20s, 30s, there's still so many people that do feel really uncomfortable to talk about this kind of stuff. And I think the more that you're exposed to it and the more you have these kind of conversations, the more confident and comfortable you end up feeling. And it just normalizes everything. The more you speak about something, I was terrified the first time I spoke about my vulva and the fact I had those emotional Mm. problems um, and that I'd been through all of that and that I'd booked in surgery you know, when I did my first podcast and it, that was going out there into the ether, I was honestly like, suddenly I, I regretted it. I was like, I don't know if I want everyone to know. I was just really shy and embarrassed about it. And now I'm like, I'll talk to the queen about it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it suddenly just like dissipated all of that worry and anxiety that I ever had around my vulva, just simply because I've spoken about it so much. So I'm just such an advocate for talking about it even just talking to a friend or finding a forum or talking to a stranger online whatever it is just to just to voice it and get it out and the more that you talk about something the less of a deal it becomes in your mind yeah so definitely yeah and speaking of talking about it and especially that education side um anyone who already knows of you is going to know about the vulva diversity book that you've done but for anyone who doesn't I'd love you to just tell us a bit more about all of that because that was incredible. And oh my goodness, the moment I woke up and saw that you'd hit your target (laughs) for the Kickstarter. Oh my word, I was just like cheering for you. Oh, thank you. Uh, Yeah, I got so many lovely messages that day. I couldn't believe it. I was so overwhelmed by the level of support. But yeah, so basically I have been working away at a project called the Vulva Diversity Project, which is involves 200 casts of vulvas that I have made over the last two years. And I've also asked every single person to write up a bit of text or like a little story about their relationship with their vulva as well. So it honestly covers so many topics. That's something I didn't really, I hadn't really predicted that right at the start, but everyone just has such a different story, which is just fascinating and amazing. So it, I'm hoping that whoever can picks up the book and reads it will find something that they can relate to but yeah so I started that project and after a little while of making these casts I decided that I wanted to make a book with them all because I had planned to do an exhibition which will be this year but 
I suddenly just thought, I love the idea of doing an exhibition and speaking to everyone in person and creating that really comfortable open space. But I also thought it's very situational. So it's like, if you can make it to London in that week, then you can see it. But otherwise, none of you can see it. And I thought a book will just be amazing that, that you know, is worldwide. It's forever. You can show it to your kids, your grandkids, like you can pass it around with your friends and or you can just sit there and read it on your own and you don't have to show anyone or talk about it with anyone, but you can just soak up all those stories and look at all the variety of casts. So yes, I've been working hard on that throughout lockdown and um, which has been one of the pros of <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> yeah. And fingers crossed, we're aiming to have it out for the end of next month. Um, we're still just, we're in the final designing process at the moment. But yeah, it's got 200 vulva casts in and it shares a hundred of those participants' stories. I couldn't share two. It would just be like so big if I shared all of them. But I've gone through and picked some really poignant ones. And I think there's just, there's there's an index of categories of like, it's like page number one talks about abortion or whatever it is and on there I think there's over 50 categories and there's 100 stories so it's like there's so many different things that you can read about someone's actual experience and hopefully yeah it will be extremely relatable to everyone oh for sure I'm so looking forward to my one arriving I cannot wait to look at it it's going to be absolutely brilliant so I'd love to hear about the feedback that you do get from your clients. So I know I've mentioned about my friend who um, had a cast done with you, but I would really like to know the gift that these casts give people besides this stunning piece of art. Everyone comes to me for a different reason. So it's not just like every single person comes to me because they grew up with body issues or, you know, some people come to me because they like absolutely love their boobs and they they always have and like you know they're their pride and joy and they just want them on the wall and I just think that's amazing like it's just such a lovely celebratory thing to do and then yeah some people come because they have grown up really disliking an area of their body and that they know that this would be a really healthy useful thing for them to do to kind of like get themselves onto that path of self-acceptance so for those people it literally can (laughs) again it can differ so a lot of people even just coming to get cast is an amazing experience like being naked in front of a stranger we I always end up talking about like uh, body like how you feel about your body it's kind of like a therapy session at the same time <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and I share my experiences too and all of that like obviously I've been through it all as well so it's, it's quite it's, sometimes it's just lovely it's like talking with a friend but talking about all these things that you don't often talk to your friends about so sometimes even just when they go to leave the session they're already feeling like I can't believe I've just done that. Like if I can do that, I can do anything, that kind of feeling, which is incredible. And then them actually receiving the cast is another step to it, like another stage, which for some people is like, they just open it and they're in tears and they're like, oh my God, I look like, look how amazing I look. Like really, I can't believe that they have those thoughts, you know, about an area of their body that they've always hated. And there are some people as well that open 
their cast and I've got messages from people saying this isn't any like no offense to your work like they're amazing but I just I'm not there yet like I don't look at it and I'm not like I don't look at it and I'm in love like it's not that instant thing which is like always always said to people I will never take offense this isn't what it's about like I I've always said if you just I promise you if you have it on your wall or even if you have it in a wardrobe at the back of your wardrobe and you just look at it once a week even or if you can look at it a few times a week or once a month eventually you will get to the point where you've seen it and then you've seen it again and you've seen it again that you go okay that's that's what I look like and you know just Mm. like the acceptance thing of just going that that's me and and that's okay you don't have to look at it and go I'm in love you it's sometimes just a huge huge step to be able to look at it and be like okay that's yeah <laughs> that's me yeah, yeah and that's okay so it's it completely varies from person to person but no matter what their reaction is I'm it's never gone the opposite way no one's ever come back to me and said well I did love my boobs and now I look at the cast and I hate them <laughs> thank god it's yeah. never gone that way because that would be awful but yeah I think sometimes people feel a bit bad to be like oh I just I'm not in love with it and I'm like that's okay I know that's not a reflection on the job I've done or my artwork that's just where you're at in your life and I think if I had had a cast done well I did I cast my own Volvo when I was 19 and I wasn't ready I wasn't ready to accept it I wasn't ready to look at it and I just hated it looked at it and I was like oh god and just wrapped Mm -hmm. it up and put it under my bed and never looked at it again but having cast my Volvo at 28 last year I've been a lot better journey I've had it up in my studio and I've looked at it every day and now I'm like yeah there she is looking at me every day so it depends where you're at in your own journey and yeah everyone takes from it a completely different experience which is amazing really absolutely and would you say that it's important for people to be a bit further along in that journey before they get a cast done or do you think that there's still benefits of having it in those early stages and like you said kind of just slowly becoming comfortable with it or do you think again it just differs it probably does differ but I would say that because I have cast a lot of people that that this is literally like the beginning of their journey and they've come on to like absolutely just love their cast and show it to everyone and be really proud of it I think it probably depends on who you are as a person. And I think probably when I was 19 and I cast it, if I had put it on display and looked at it every day, that would have changed my mind about it over time. But because I just looked at it once, wrapped it up and put it under my bed, it wasn't a good <laughs> experience for me because I didn't have that. The, the thing that you need to do is, is just look at it, become comfortable with knowing what you look like it would have been an absolute miracle if I had gone from hating my vulva to suddenly casting it and looking at the cast for the first time and going, <laughs> wow, that's just amazing. Love I love it. Exactly. <laughs> like that's just never going to happen if I hated my vulva and like, you know, but it's the thing of over time and you have it on display and you look at it and you're, you end up getting to the stage of going, okay, yeah, that, there she is. I don't think that I would ever say to anyone, don't come because you're not ready I think sometimes people have said that they've they've wrapped it up and they're they're waiting 
for a time when they feel like they want to look at it. And that's, I would never be like, no, you have to look at it, have to look at it all the time. Like you're on your own journey. You know yourself way more than I will ever know you. And you need to check in with yourself and think, where am I at? What am I ready for? Do I want to show all my friends and family and post it on Facebook? Or do I want to get it out once a year and look at it and sit with it for five minutes and then put it back under my bed? No matter where you're at, this isn't an overnight fix. Like it's not like a, you're going to step away. And for some people it, it is, to be fair, but not yeah, for yeah. everyone. I would, it's not like you come away from the session or you receive your cast and you're like, I'm in love with myself. It's a long-term goal. Definitely. And I think that I know for me, I don't think that I would have been in the right place sort of mentally emotionally to come to you anytime before really the time I'm at now I mean most of my you know adult life I wouldn't even let my partner see my boobs without a bra on because I hated what they looked like if I didn't have a top on I'd be sort of running around holding like holding my boobs so that he can see them it would always be bras with ridiculous amounts of padding that I used to wear two bras on nights out sometimes just to to give me more padding honestly (laughs) it must have looked rock hard (laughs) everyone would have known I know I've always used to say I feel like someone could shoot me in the boob and honestly it wouldn't even go through I used to be able to punch my boobs and I couldn't even feel it (laughs) yeah literally it'd make like a hollow fudge when you punched it as well wouldn't it absolutely ridiculous and it's only really been the past couple of years I've still not been I've still not loved them but I'm getting more comfortable with not wearing a bra and if I am wearing a bra wearing one that's comfortable rather than just ridiculous layers of padding I'm quite nervous to see my cast when it's done to be honest because I yeah I'm nervous but I'm very excited for like you've you know like we've just talked about now that long journey of me just becoming more comfortable and just regularly checking in with it and exactly as you're saying just thinking yep that's me and that's great you know I'm happy that that's me exactly because the thing is I think when you don't like an area of your body you try not to look at it so you'll kind of go out of your way to to not look at Mm. yourself in the mirror and all of that so you're very like not in in tune with even what that area particularly even looks like anymore you just know you don't like it that's it shut it away don't look at it so I think the thing is of actually having it on display. So it's not even like you look at it when you're getting changed or anything. You could walk into a room and just look at it, you know, 20 times a day if it's actually on the on the wall in your kitchen or whatever. And you become so used to looking at it. I think that's the thing. You become so used to looking at it that it doesn't fill you with hate or disgust or anything anymore because you've just looked at it for so long. It's just like having anything in your house that you end up just not not seeing anymore because you're just like, oh, yeah. I'm so used to it being there. That's it, just normal. Yeah. Just don't even really pay attention after a while. It's like, yeah, that's it, that's yeah. me. And then you just become yeah. super comfortable being around it. And then and then you would, you get more comfortable actually looking at your actual body. Mm. And then, yeah, in, in the long run, it's just can do a world of good. So I'm excited for you. <laughs> yes, I'm super excited. And I think that it's it just helps with that self-love, doesn't it? Which self-love and self-expression is what this podcast is entirely about really your art completely epitomizes both of those things mm-hmm. and I'd love to chat a bit more about that why self-love is so important especially for women and what self-love can and should look like 
Yeah, definitely. And this is something that I've spent quite a lot of time sitting with myself because obviously I've grown up really loathing myself. And what I've arrived at in my own, I mean, I could only talk from my own experience anyway, but for myself is that I could not get my head around the idea of self-love. Like I was in self, like worse than self-hate, like the worst, worst. And for me, when anyone ever said about self-love, it was just like an impossible place to reach. So I've come to the point in my life where I'm like, I don't actually strive for self-love anymore. I just strive for self-acceptance. And for me, that, that, that seemed, when I was in that place of like the hate place, self-acceptance seemed a lot more doable <laughs> than self-love. Self-love almost to me seemed, it was so unreachable that I wouldn't even try. But self-acceptance seemed like the midway ground of just being like at peace with myself. And that's where I've arrived to at the moment. I mean, every day is a different day, but um, just the feeling when you know self-hate, the feeling of self-acceptance is just like you're in heaven. Like that feeling of peace. And like, I don't jump for joy every day. I look at my vulva or I look at my body. I'm not like, I love you so much. You're the best. (laughs) I just, (laughs) you know, I, I, acknowledge it I'm aware of what I look like I'm very much just like yeah I'm cool with that like that's who I am that's how I made like unaltered natural me yeah the feeling of self-acceptance is just such a peaceful lovely lovely feeling compared to self-hate I mean I can't imagine the people who are in the self-love phase I'm like wow that is just like euphoria <laughs> you literally I can't even imagine what that was we're like once you've been in the self-hate zone, I think self-acceptance is just like, I could live very, very, very happily till the day I die feeling the way I feel now because compared to how I felt before. I do always say to people, if self-love is too much of a big unknown, like a huge place to try to even imagine getting to, I just am like, just start with self-acceptance because that, if you can anything to get you out of that self-hate phase is incredible. It's such a nice feeling. And to be able to just look at any area of your body and just accept it for what it is, you don't have to love yourself head to toe. There's always going to be areas that you're like, that, you know, I just, whatever, like it's, it's mm. all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's all right. You don't it's have, what it is. Yeah. And I don't think you have to put that pressure on yourself of being like, oh, but I really, I should be loving it. I should be loving my cellulite and I should be loving, you know, whatever it is. Just the point of looking at it and accepting your whole self is just, that, that'll that do for me. I'm very, yeah. very, like, happy with that. So I think I've always said that, mm-hmm. that self-acceptance for me is is the thing. That's the thing that I would always encourage people to strive for. Not putting that pressure on yourself to to love your wrinkly elbow or what you know whatever if just there's can be definitely areas which you are like yeah I love that but you don't have to love your whole being if you can accept yourself I think that's that's a great place to be oh definitely and other than turning your body into art how did you take that journey because going from self-hate to even self-acceptance is a massive journey it's just enormous so 
I'd be interested to hear some of the things that you feel helped you along the way. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well that this is like, I worked on it. Like I did work. Like it wasn't like it just happened overnight. It's like playing an instrument. You're never just going to pick up an instrument and be good at it. Like you have to put in the time. And I had booked in my labiaplasty and I asked my parents to borrow the money because I did not have £3,000 to spend when I was oh 18. That was the first time they'd ever, ever heard me even speak about my vulva, let alone the fact that I wanted it cut about. And they were obviously shocked and just upset and everything. They declined, which I was absolutely furious about. But my mum, <laughs> bless her, you know, you know, you look back at situations, you're like, of course you declined. Like, But I was just like, you're stopping me from having a perfect life. But my mum at the time said... I think they came to some kind of arrangement where it was like, would pay 200 pounds or something whilst you're, but you have to save up for the rest yourself. And my mum said, promise me whilst you're saving, promise me you'll try to learn to accept your vulva the way it is. And I love my mum to bits. She's like my best friend. And I was like, fine, fine. I will try. <laughs> I had, yeah. Like it, honestly, before that day, it hadn't even occurred to me that I could accept my vulva or that I could like the way she looked or that I could just be okay with the way she looked. It hadn't even crossed my mind. I was just like, that's it. I'm getting surgery and everything will be fine. So yeah, after that day, I genuinely did put in the work and I did affirmations, positive affirmations. So I'd look at myself in the mirror and do the kind of fake it till you make it kind of thing of just being like, you're great, that kind of thing. I just spent a lot more time looking at it, being, like I was saying with the cast, like actually just just knowing what she looked like was like a, a thing because I just was like, oh, I don't like it, put it away, don't ever look at it. And I'm texting my mum one day, I was at uni, and I text her being like, you'll never guess what, I just looked at my revolver in the mirror and I didn't hate it. Oh, <laughs> it was, I was nowhere near the loving or the accepting, but I was just like, I didn't feel filled with hate. And she was like, yeah. oh my God, that's amazing. So it just took, it took years. Like it wasn't like an overnight thing, but it just took years of feeling a bit more compassion towards it and realizing that like, she's always wanted the best for me. And I've just been there like hating her. And she's always like, just been there been there for me yeah. never wanted anything bad feeling a lot more compassion looking at a lot more doing affirmations just even it was art well I was at uni at the time studying art so I did a few art projects around vulvas as well and then I started to talk about it after three or four years I started to ask exes what they had thought all of them were just like what like, that's not a thing. Like, why are, we, why are you even bothered about that? And honestly, in my head, I was like, they're going to turn around and be like, it's all I could think about. It was a huge awakening for me to be like, they would either be like, oh, I didn't even notice. Or they'd be like, I loved it. I'm like, wait, what? Hang on a second. Like, seriously? <laughs> like, I'd been in my head about it this whole time. And they were suddenly like, well, it didn't, you know, it wasn't even a thing. And after talking to a few exes about it, I then started talking to some friends about it. And then the more I talked about it, like I was saying earlier, it just became less of a thing. So it's just all of all of that wrapped up into one, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of your art, um, I'd love to know a bit more about how it's evolved over time and 
how your casts and I suppose just art in general has changed throughout your journey? Yeah, definitely. Like I was just saying, like I, I studied art at university. So I did a fine art degree. That was the time that it got a bit more serious in a way of like me as an artist coming into my own as an, as my own individual artist. And it's always, always been bodies. It's been bodies or it's been areas which I feel like aren't spoken about enough or that are still considered taboo. That's just forever. That's what I've made my work about. Probably all down to my own body issues and everything. I've just wanted to explore it literally right from a kid. So yeah, after uni, I moved to Brighton and got a studio in a shared space. And I just spent time experimenting. And yeah, so about four years ago now, I started making my little tampon keychains. That was uh, yes. kind of my first like move into working with women, working with people with vulvas, working with people who men- menstruate. Like it was all, I, I get, it was just like, it was experimenting. I didn't know how people would react. And I was like, is this a weird thing to be doing? And then I just got such positive feedback from that and how much it's opened up conversations for people, having them on their keys. And like, it was just such like a small but powerful thing to have done that I didn't quite realize when I was like coming into that idea I was just like, this is quite fun. And like periods are something which definitely I feel like people don't talk about enough. And I wish I'd talked about it more when I was younger and it wasn't such a taboo. So I was like, this is like, yeah, this is fun. And then it kind of, that kind of took off weirdly. Well, not weirdly, actually. I can understand why. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I, I did that for a while. I was working full time for years whilst doing everything on the side I was a prop maker, so it, everything kind of went hand in hand. I was making stuff at work and then I was coming, I would learn things at work and then put that into practice in my studio. And then I moved on to, well, I still I still do my tampon keychain. So that's always been a thing. I think I'll always do them. I love them. Yeah. I love knowing that there's like hundreds of them just out in the world. <laughs> and then, yeah, I moved on to the idea of body casting I'd always done little bits of it throughout my degree and obviously I'd cast my own vulva, so I knew how to do it. I was just sat at work one day doing an extremely monotonous job and I would always go off in my mind of like, oh, fantasy world of like, what, what could I do in my own time? And I was like, is this my life? Like, I want something bigger than this. I want to make a difference. I want to like help people. And literally there and then, I hope my old boss isn't listening, but there and then, I um, <laughs> awkward. I Sorry, I put out a post on my Instagram, just a little story, just being like looking for volunteers. It was just like this idea that just popped into my head, and I was like, "I'm just gonna go for it." And I got a lot of my friends got back to me, which was so sweet of them, and they all just said, "I'll do it if you want." And I was like, "Oh, that's Aww. really nice." So yeah. I, I started with um, a few of my friends. I cast myself again a few times, and then I started to cast people that like random people that had responded done a few of them and I had no idea where it was going to lead I didn't know if it was going to help people I didn't know how people would react I didn't I just was like I'm just I'm gonna try it and just see and the more I did it and the more I spoke to people afterwards even like some of my best friends who I'd never spoke to about their vulva or my vulva we had such an amazing like vulnerable experience of 
I had cast my vulva, so I would show them my cast and then they would, I'd show them their cast, we'd have them like side by side. And even that was like huge. I was showing anyone my vulva. Yeah. Um, we would talk and in just such a non-judgmental, just friendly way, we'd be like, oh my God, like you've got that and I've got this. And like, just even just two casts next to each other, we would just, it was just a lovely, liberating experience. After doing that a few times, yeah, I started casting people I didn't know and getting their feedback. And the more I did it, the more I realized that this is genuinely helping people. Like genuinely, it's it's taking people out of their comfort zones. It's pushing people into like connecting with their vulvas, looking at the vulvas, having this whole experience with their vulvas. And the more people came to get cast, the more people wanted to come and get cast. Like word of yeah. mouth and posts and all of that. The more I was posting about casting people, the more people were interested. And it just grew and grew and grew. Like I didn't have big ideas. Like I'm going to do an exhibition and a book and I'm going to cast 200 vulvas. It was very much just like, I'm going to fill my way with this, see how people react, see if it's a thing that is even like a healing thing for people. Or And um yeah, it's it's kind of grown on its own accord, which I feel like's amazing. Yeah, about a year and a half ago, I quit my job to run it, run this full time, which was very much just like a, I'm just going to try it. I have never looked back since, like even though we've been in a year's global pandemic, it's still been like the most rewarding, just incredible job ever. And I always just think like my little 12 year old self who sat there absolutely loathing herself and hating her vulva. I'm always like, oh, I'm doing her proud. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my word. That's just so incredible to hear, because especially where you didn't have these huge plans of, right, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to turn it into a business and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. It just purely came from you wanting to share the benefit that it brought you and knowing that it was needed because it is needed it's so so needed and that's just incredibly inspiring to me and I wonder if well how people just in general can approach their I suppose their work and their art with a more purposeful eye like that and whether you have any advice for that, whether it's art in the way that you approach art or art, like for me with writing, like how can we be more purposeful and not just focused on that kind of, let's make this much money, let's make the business this big. So I'd be really interested in your views on that. Yeah, I always think, um, I was actually talking to my sister about this yesterday, and I always think the best businesses come from a place of passion and love and having that passion within yourself to be like like I didn't care if I made money from it I just wanted people to not go through what I'd been through and to heal the fact that I do make a full-time wage from it like that is insane that I can pay for my mortgage and everything like that's just the icing on the cake but it was never about that and I think that I guess for some people it does work if you create a business plan or whatever I'm sure loads of people have done that and it made it all about money but I, for me and my advice for anyone is that the the best businesses come from a place of passion. Like what drives you as a person? What also because this is my life. I don't just work nine to five, but this is my whole life. So if I wasn't passionate about this, <laughs> this would be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> because it's it's I get such joy and 
love and all of that from doing it that I want it to be my life I want to work all the time I mean I don't even consider it work I say I'm going to the studio I never say I'm going to work and so yeah I would I would always think like what drives you as a person what message do you want to put out there what do you want people to hear like what is there anything like you want to make changes like is there anything you want to change in the world which sounds like a huge thing but it doesn't have to be this like life changing world changing thing like even if I said right from the start even if I can help one person like their vulva just a little bit more that's fine I've done a great job definitely (laughs) yeah I think if you can just look like a bit inwardly and think what would really drive me and also I think a lot of people start their businesses especially in this kind of industry from their own experiences like if I if I had never experienced what I had experienced I would have no interest in doing this because I wouldn't have even known it was something to try and overcome yeah so I think like if there's any dark times you've had in your life that you just would never wish upon someone else like how could you make that better or even it doesn't have to come from negativity or trauma it just can be a purely like a passion thing that that is that's it and I think a lot of people say they can tell that my business is a passion business from how I oh absolutely yeah yeah and I think that people relate to that so well so look inwards rather than externally of like how much money can this bring and I think the thing is as well so this is going off on a little bit of a tangent but go ahead I love it (laughs) for artists I don't know why probably for writers as well For, for creative people there seems to be this view of oh, well, if you love doing it, why do you need to get paid? Or like, why oh, do you charge word, yeah. so much? Why do you charge so much for that? Because it only took you three hours. Why are you charging hundred pounds or whatever? And it's like, you have to know your worth in terms of like, what do you think I'm going to do? Just not have any outgoings throughout my whole life. Like, <laughs> of course I need to be paid. Like, yeah, I love what I do. I love it completely. And it's the best job in the whole world. But I'm still very much like, I do need to be paid for my work. The thing is as well with creative people and same as you is that something might only take me an hour or two, but I've spent years learning how to do this thing and experimenting and paying for different materials and working out the the one way to do it. And yeah, I think you just have to be very strong within yourself to be like, I want money for this. (laughs) I need, I need to be paid for this job that I am very good at and, and super, 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 super passionate about but yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with that area. So I'll just spring out. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that, and it's something that I don't find easy, but mm-hmm. it is, you know, it's okay to make money out of your passion. It's Absolutely. fine. And it's amazing to make money out of yeah, your passion. It's, if you can do that, like, wow, that's just the best thing. And I feel very strongly about not charging per hour um, with your work because of exactly what you've said. It's not about whether it took you an hour to do it. It's the lifetime that you've spent building those skills, yeah. educating yourself, learning and honing your craft. So yeah, just as a little little note, that's something I feel very strongly about. So it's nice to hear you say that as well. Yeah, definitely. So I'd like to close by asking you for the three things that fuel your creative fire and this is something that I'm asking all guests so whether it's maybe like a specific playlist that you listen to when you're working or if you've got like a little morning ritual or anything like that I would just love to know your three 
big creative sort of yeah fire starters yeah so I don't have any I'd love to have a morning ritual but um (laughs) every day starts completely differently for me and I'm all right with that I this did take me a little while to to think about uh probably I'll think about loads throughout the day and I'm like oh I shouldn't do that (laughs) but anytime I need to really focus on something usually within writing there is a lot of my work which does involve admin and writing and interviews and all of that kind of stuff I do have one composer that just every I've listened to him since the beginning of uni when I was doing my dissertation and all of that it just so gets me in the zone which is um Ludovico Ionaldi which is a, oh I was uh, hoping you were gonna say him oh uh, he is mine as is well oh my yeah God. he's mine so it was I think it was just after I finished uni actually a friend introduced me to him and whenever I'm doing something that I really need to sort of get the creative juices flowing, I always put him on. Wow. I'm, I think he's incredible. He I just, oh, I'm so glad you said that. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I just, it just, I don't know what it is about his music because some of it's quite intense, but it just puts me in this like focused in yeah. zone of just like, I can suddenly, especially with headphones on, so you're like in it, in the music, you're surrounded by it. And I'm just like, right, that's it. I'm on it. And yes. Yeah. He is incredible. It's almost like a trance, isn't it? That it kind of puts you into and oh my word. Yeah. He just, oh, I just love him. Actually, I'm going to put some on after this because I've got quite a lot of heavy work I need to do this afternoon. Definitely. <laughs> if you've also never seen him in concert, I've seen him a few times and I've just been in floods of tears. I oh. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I saw him um a few years ago in I think it was Bournemouth. Um oh, and Bournemouth as well. Oh, did you? Oh my <laughs> word. And it was just, the whole thing, like and the light it wasn't yeah. just the music, it was the lighting. Mm-hmm. And I just loved that where obviously when you listen to the music, you just listen to it as a whole. Seeing all the different instrumentalists on stage, I was kind of able to zoom in on each of them individually and oh it was just yeah, it was so much as well. more emotion to it, doesn't it? Because you've got all that visual aspect as well. And you're like, oh, this is just yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was incredible. Oh, How I love funny. that. We were probably at the same one. Probably were, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, so that's that's my thing for getting in the zone with writing or like admin, anything to do with my computer and I have to just sit and focus. But in terms of studio stuff, if I'm in a bit of a rut with anything, so sometimes I just give myself a few hours or a whole day to just be like, let's just play. Let's have a get out all my materials, have an experiment. And it really just sets me back into just finding the fun of it, feeling the fun of, of working for myself and working in my studio and being an artist and all of that. Because sometimes you do get a bit like, oh, I've got all this stuff to do, which is great. I love that. I'm not complaining that I'm busy, but sometimes you need to re revisit the fun aspect and get back to basics so sometimes I just allow myself some time for that which is I would recommend that for anyone yeah and then lastly if I'm ever feeling which I do not as much anymore but definitely at the beginning I used to doubt my work all the time I think this is classic artist slash creative thing I used to doubt why I was doing it this is what does it even mean all of this stuff I'd go off into my head about everything the first time this happened I am decided that from then on if anyone sent me a really nice message about helping them on their journey or changing their life or whatever it was I would I screenshot it and I've got a little folder in my phone of all these messages and sometimes when I'm sitting there going 
what am I even doing? Why does any of this matter? All this nonsense, it means nothing. I just sit there and I flick through that folder and I read through all my incredible, just like filled with love messages. And I'm like, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it, all of those things just bring me back to a really good space. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I I've, I need to do that for myself. Mm-hmm. I know a few people that um, screenshot lovely feedback and just put it in one place I know some people as well that write it down and put it in a mason jar so they can pick one out if they ever need a little boost yeah so yeah I really need to get on that but I guess that brings us to the end of our chat thank you so 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 much I've just loved every second of it you are an incredibly inspiring wonderful person and Mm -hmm. I'm so and excited to actually meet in person in a couple of weeks for my cast and have all the chats and this has just been yeah this has been fantastic and I'm really really grateful for you joining me and sharing so much and yeah just being really open and raw and all of the good stuff oh, so thank that's you so nice you're so welcome I've really enjoyed it it's been lovely chatting and yeah I can't wait to actually meet you and talk about all the same things again in person (laughs) (laughs) yeah go over it all again (laughs) thank you so much you're welcome oh i get goosebumps every time i listen back to this conversation i'm so sad that i'm still yet to have my body cast with lydia the day before our session i broke my ankle (laughs) oh the joy And so we've had to postpone it until I can drive and, you know, stand unaided again. But it will happen and I cannot wait for it. If you'd like to connect with Lydia, you can find her at LydiaReeves.com and on Instagram at LydiaReeves underscore artist. You'll find a link on her page to pre-order her Vulva Diversity book. I'm super excited for mine to arrive. If you liked this episode, please hit follow or subscribe. And if you're feeling super generous, maybe you could leave it a little review. Your support means so much to me. Until then, stay curious and keep searching.